Welcome to episode two. I'm Megan Meredith, your host, and I just want to start this episode by saying thank you for all of your support, not only to my Patreon page, but for episode one. It really means the world to me, and it makes growth here in this community campground possible. Last week, we talked about finding your voice, and this week, we're going to build on that a little bit. I got to thinking more about childhood stories, and I have several cringeworthy stories um, from my childhood. Last week was fairly serious. This week is going to be equal parts salty and serious, which I like. Um, So here is something we can talk about this week, prom night. Now, all of you probably just got a flashback just from me saying prom night. So (laughs) um, I would honestly love to hear all of your prom night stories um, because I guarantee they are more fun than mine. Um, I love epic stories. I love the hero's journey, the, um, the arc of the story, the crux of the moment, the archetypes, the stereotypes, all of the things that have to get in the hero's way in order for them to overcome, to get where they need to be going to find what they need to find, to be who they're supposed to be, that kind of thing. I love world building um, and I love stories that start like shrouded in mystery and involve some sort of ancient prophecy. But this story starts midway through a school dance. So picture it, 2001, me, awkward and afraid. In a dress, I bought at Dillard's and bedazzled myself, slow dancing with a boy I barely knew. Now, that sounds like a fairly decent lead-in for a terrific and iconic 80s movie. <laughs> one, one of those 80s movies that starts at the end, near the crux of the moment, and then they dissolve back to the beginning, and, and they start over and lead you up to that crux moment, usually at a school dance or something. This is not quite that cool. (laughs) Um, I have rehearsed this moment in my head so many times, not because it was magical, (laughs) not because we kissed, not because I fell head over heels for this boy, quite the opposite, actually. (laughs) But I revisit it with snark, like, why does weird crap like this happen to me? Why didn't any of my friends have this happen at their prom? But mostly... It replays because it landed, and I hated him for it for the longest time, but it landed. But but let's pause. Let's go back because you're still thinking about your prom night, which is natural. (laughs) So yeah, let's start at prom. It was prom, and I actually didn't get asked to prom. Um, My friends had to arrange it. It was like a friend of a friend of a friend, and he was in college. Um... He was actually quite an asset, if we're being honest, but that's a completely different story. (laughs) Um, As much as I was wounded by the fact that zero classmates asked me to prom, in all honesty, I wasn't known for being fun. Um, I wasn't even pretty. I definitely wasn't allowed to date, and I'm pretty sure that was a well-known fact. So yeah, obviously, duh. And zero experience with boys. And nobody was asking this chick to prom. So by now, I've clouded everything. So let's come back to the original scene. Here we are, prom. 
Dillard's dress, bedazzled myself, college dude who may or may not have been paid to be there, I don't know, uh, slow dance. And I kid you not, he slid our hands together, palms touching out in front of us, and we're like slow swaying. I remember my friend Lisa looking over at us and her eyes went wide, like, what the hell? Those would have been my exact thoughts had I not been pious and prudish to have even thought the word hell. So (laughs) I'm feeling like this isn't right, but I also don't know how to get out of it. And like the panic is rising, you know, like vomit in your throat, only it's like spreading through my shoulder blades and up the back of my neck. (laughs) How do I get out of here is what I'm thinking. And, And all I can think is like, can I go hide in the bathroom? Would any of my friends actually save me? Or, you know, at what point can I just like call this and walk away? Can I get a ride home? Or so he... We, we like sway for a few moments like this. And I can't even remember what song was on. You know, it's probably like Aerosmith or something. <laughs> but he pulls me back in close and I, and I like drape my arms over his shoulders like one does at a high school dance. And I acted casual like nothing bizarre had just happened. And I'm probably telling myself, just keep dancing. Just, just, just keep dancing. I was probably so thrilled that the lights were down low that it's like, basically pitch black in there so that no one could see like how flush I was with embarrassment and how like panicked my face was and so he we're dancing again and he says do you want to know what I just saw in this like faux authoritative yet somehow seductive voice like a southern preacher in training does now Now, push pause here because did I mention that he and his friend videoed themselves preaching all the way to dinner? Oh, I didn't? (laughs) That's right. Yes, that happened. He did that. (sighs) On the way to dinner, I should have opened the door and rolled out of the car right then. But I didn't because if you'll remember last week's episode, I didn't have a voice yet. And I didn't know how to say, this is not okay. (laughs) And I really wanted to go to prom, I guess. Anyway, so back to the scene. He's just asked me if I wanted to know what he saw. And I probably should have said, nope, no, I do not. (laughs) But I was too terrified, again, to assert myself. And I'm pretty positive I just nodded my head. I just saw a vision, a prophecy. Now, I've already told you that I love a good epic story that involves a heroine and an ancient prophecy, but this is not that. He continued, to ruin the last dance of prom, I had a prophecy, a vision that you're a pump. Do you know much about pumps? I shook my head. Did he honestly think I looked like a person who knew a lot about pumps? Well, he began to mansplain. A pump and a pipe only continue working if healthy components are being run through them. If not, the pump will collapse. I see that if you don't pump good, you'll collapse. Turns out, he was pretty terrible at mansplaining. (laughs) He also didn't actually know that much about pipes or pumps. 
I went on to do my own research. And while he had a general use the analogy in a sermon knowledge of it, there's variance and nuances to reasons why pipes collapse or pumps fail. Now, I won't pretend that I am now a pipe expert or a pump specialist, but let's be honest, neither was he. And also, just how inappropriate is that at prom? So all of you classmates that are not listening to this podcast now, we could have gone to prom and had fun, but I went to prom and got prophesied over. (laughs) But here's the thing. Damn it all, if there wasn't some truth inside of his faux spiritual authority prophecy. During the last song, the last slow dance at the end of my senior prom. Here's reality. I used to fill myself up with spiritual knowledge. The Bible was literal. It was black and white, and it was taken so seriously that I lost sight of all humanity. I didn't see it then, but I was so terrified of facing life that I spiritually bypassed it and dismissed anything except my extreme religion. I pumped blind zealous through my life with fervor, with fury even. I waged war on anything that was other. I attacked life with right-wing intensity, and I was a prude. I was judgmental. I was harsh. I lacked all compassion, even though I would have told you that I wanted the whole world to hear me preach love. I was a pipe, all right, and I was a pump, for sure. I had believed that the only thing in my life that was good was my faith, my elite, extreme, always right, colonial, war-on-culture faith, that faith was what I believed was the only good. And that was what was coursing through my life. But the thing about pipes is that it's not just the lack of substance flowing that would cause the collapse. It can also be from tree roots, from buildup, from toxicity, deterioration, trauma. If we could go back and ask Mr. Olive-Skinned Preacher Prom Man what his interpretation of that prophecy was, he might have told you that it was the lack of doing God's work. That would be the cause of the collapse. Or maybe it would have been the void of things he valued like speaking in tongues. But I feel certain he would have told you it was the void of something, something distinct that I lacked that would cause my downfall. And how classic is that? So, fast forward to 2018. In 2018, I experienced that collapse. I knew 
though, when it happened, that it wasn't from a lack of something. It wasn't from a void within me. It wasn't from a lack of things flowing or being pumped. It was from toxic waste. It was from having the wrong things flowing for so long. It was from the fervor with which I pumped toxicity out of every tributary in my life. It was from the fury that flowed through my pipes, my veins, my very life in effort to outrun my experience, my own trauma, and my own life. Because here's the thing, friends. If I was right, then I didn't have to feel fundamentally wrong. If I had all the answers, no one could tell me that what I felt or thought was wrong. If I had moral high ground, then I was never at risk of being hurt or abused. If I judged everyone, then I was never at risk of being just like everyone else. If I took the Bible literally, then I never had to be helpless inside the mystery of divinity and the universe. If I was constantly correcting the world, then at least I was in control of who I was pushing away. If I was ostracizing people, then at least they couldn't get close enough to see what was actually underneath my armor. If I spiritually dismissed life, then I didn't have to feel the pain of being human. If I spiritually bypassed life, then I didn't have to be present for it. And this, friends, is just the digestible taste of what was the fire hydrant level pressure flowing and pumping in and out of my life. And it makes me shiver even now. I have goosebumps and it makes my skin crawl. But more than anything at this point, I can look back and be so thankful for that collapse. I had avoided it for years. I was bitter at his vision because how dare he tell me my business? All I did was pump good in and pump good out. I was a good little girl. I'll show him. The buildup in my life was that of 99% blockage. There were evil roots winding through, masquerading as life, but in fact, I was dying, choking, suffocating rapidly. I was on a path of destruction that would have surely obliterated my whole life. I had compartmentalized my life and thought if I only cared about the Bible and spiritual things, then the rest of my existence didn't matter. I had spiritually bypassed my own heart, which is ironically the greatest pump of all. Now, you might wonder, what happened in 2018? But the truth is, While 2018 was a banner year, not unlike 2020, for bad things to happen, it was more than anything a lifetime of toxic waste and unchecked abuse that were the actual causes of the collapse. 
And I know that there were cracks in my life's pipes long before because I know for a fact I was spraying toxicity all over everyone for years. But in 2018, it exploded like a bomb in the sewer system. And that's nasty. So I hauled my ass to therapy. And I cried for hours in her office over the next two years. And I told the truth. Some truths I swore I would take to my grave. And I began to dismantle the pipe and the pump and stare down the damage. And I began to rebuild it. I am the heroine of my own story. And my story follows the tribulations that were required to get me here today. And I can't discount all the things that stood in my way that I had to overcome in order to keep going. And so while I can hold the tension of regretting who I went to prom with, I can also be grateful for the weirdness that he spoke over me in a bedazzled dress from Dillard's because they landed and they echoed through my journey. Maybe he didn't intend good with them. Maybe they were pompous and misplaced. But true enough, when goodness is not flowing through our lives, eventually we collapse. Goodness is now a holistic thing. I want goodness to flow through my life and to be exchanged, to accept goodness and give out goodness. I want true love to be what fuels the pump in my life as well as grass-fed beef, fresh eggs, bright vegetables and movement, sunshine, dirt, creativity, Words, really good kisses, connection, coffee, bonfires and cats, friends, gathering around a table, kindness, books and pastries, big, heavy, soft blankets, a different kind of church, prayer and meditation, forgiveness, water and wine, stories, the woods, these things are sacred lifeblood now. And as I continue scraping out all of the toxic buildup, that lifeblood, that goodness, it flows easier and freer. It was actually the collapse that he foresaw, no matter what he intended, that actually gave way to the life I've been craving for so long. I actually do get to world build now, free, wild, full of love. I get to build the life I want. I get to chase daylight and purpose and love. I get to face the rest of my story, whatever that holds, with honesty, authenticity, and without fear. So that's my prom night story. (laughs) It 
it's weird. It's not super exciting. Thanks for joining me for episode two. I'm so glad you're here. I'm thankful for all of you. I can't wait to interact more in this space and see what we can build together. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time.